This is the first time that I'm preaching this whole year. Um, and I believe that God has given me a word for everybody here. Whether you're, you're lost, you're found, you're on your way, you're faithful, you're faithless, hopeful, hopeless. I believe that the Holy Spirit will, will be able to say something to you today that will change the narrative of your entire life. So if you're ready, say, I'm ready. But before we go into the word today, I have a testimony. So for those of you that don't know, um, I went to Ghana about the end of last year. Um, and something amazing happened when I went. So I go back to my old high school that I've not been to like in seven years. Like I'm talking about in Ghana, bro, like, you know, where my life was really shaped. So I go there on like Thursday and then um, to speak with like the students that are about to go to uni and stuff like, and stuff like that. And like, cool. So I go there on Thursday and I speak to them. On Sunday, I go back for church and I just like tell them who I am, like, you know, about how like I'm part of a movement in London called The Table and stuff like that. So afterwards, Chelsea, her name's called Chelsea, by the way, um, she approaches me and was like, yo, like, when you came on Thursday, I was wondering if like it's really you or or if it's not really you, because basically she and a group of her friends gather around every Friday night, yeah, in their face masks to listen to a podcast of the table and to watch our snippets and stuff like that. And she had no idea that one, I'm even from Ghana, or two, that was actually my old high school. So it didn't even melt my heart the fact that she knew who I was and all of that. What melted my heart was the fact that she said she and that group of friends have actually become close because they all gather around to watch the table. So that wrecked me because it made me re realize that there's fruitfulness to being faithful. Like every time I come here and I preach, I, I don't just see 30 people, 40 people. I, I, I like... I shouldn't even be using a mic because if I don't use a mic, everyone here would hear me. But God has allowed a movement like this to go across the world and people are being blessed by what we do here. So I just want to encourage every single person here, remain faithful in what you do because you don't know the life that you are impacting. Whether it's on a small scale or a big scale, remain faithful. You know, like there's fruitfulness in being faithful. So... I kind of wanted to speak about that today, but um, I came across a letter that Christ wrote to the church of um, Ephesus in Revelation, which we'll read in, in a moment. And he's like, this is Christ, you know, like Christ is writing a letter to the church of Ephesus. And let's see what he says. Revelation 2, Revelation 2, verse 2. And like, Normally, when I preach, like, you kind of know, like, this is what I'm about to say. Like, there's a certain type of people that I'm trying to preach to you. But today, I promise you, I would say something that resonates with you, no matter where you are in life. That's my prayer. So, this is what Christ says. Christ says, I know all that you have done for me. 
You've worked hard. You've persevered. You've been faithful. I know that you don't tolerate evil. You have tested those who claim to be apostles and proved that they are not, for they were imposters. I also know how you have bravely endured trials and persecutions because of my name, yet you have not become discouraged. And I really want to take a moment to speak to those who are faithful, because a lot of times we celebrate over the lost that just come to Christ. Like those who are new, like, oh, if anyone just gave their life to Christ, let's give a shout of praise, and we all go crazy. But what about those that have been faithful? What about those who were once lost and now have been found and have remained found? We don't really celebrate those, those people. And the enemy will try to use your faithfulness against you. Like, no one even recognizes what you're doing. But I'm here to encourage every single person here, keep serving. Keep serving God faithfully. Keep being faithful to, to, to what he's called you to steward. This is what Jesus Christ was, was saying to, to these people, that I know your deeds. I know that you lot are doing a great job. I know you have not become discouraged. I know that you remain faithful to me. I know, I know your deeds. God knows your deeds. Do, don't, don't let your faithfulness become... Um, don't allow the enemy to use your consistency against you because you're not seeing fruit. The Bible says that in due time, you would bear fruit. So remain faithful. Christ is saying he sees your deeds. He knows what you do. But there's a story in Luke chapter 15, yeah? And I've preached this here before. And I've preached, and I'm gonna probably preach it again. It's the story of the prodigal son. And as I'm reading it this week, I gained an entire fresh revelation. Because how many of you know the prodigal son had a brother? Like, like the prodigal son had a brother who had been faithful, who never left the house, but had always been there. And I believe there's things that we can learn from this story that would help us today. So let's go to Luke chapter 15. Luke 15, so all of you know the story, there was a father that had two sons and um, the father was like, you know what, yeah, I'm going to split my inheritance for you. Um, so he gave one to, his, to one son and one to the other son. One of the sons went away to squander it on prostitutes, on a wild lifestyle, you know, crazy. Like he went far away from the father's house. But then... One day, I don't know what happened to him, but he was just like, bro, like, this sucks. Like, I'm going back home. And this is where the story pick, picks, picks up. Luke 15, 17. Humiliated, the son finally realized what he done, and he thought, there are many workers at my father's house who have all the food they want with plenty to spare. They lack nothing. Why am I here? dying of hunger, feeding these pigs and eating their slop. I want to go back home to my father's house and say to him, Father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I will never be worthy to be called your son. See, he was trying to disqualify himself. But the great thing about the grace of God is that you're never disqualified. That it, that it don't matter how far away you go. 
the father don't change his mind about you. So he goes, father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I will never be worthy to be called your son. Please, father, just treat me like one of your employees. So the young son sets off for, for, for home. My first point, return. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but you feel like you've gone so far away that you can't even return no more. That, that, that you've remained in a place that is so far away from God that you've become comfortable. That you feel like if you come back to church, if you come back to Christ, he would, he would, he would shame you. He would remind you of your sins. He would remind you of, 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 of your past failures. But look what the Bible says. The Bible says that the young son set off for home. And this is how the father reacts to us returning home. The Bible says, from a long distance away. Do you know what it means to see someone from a long distance away? That means that you were anticipating them to come back home. The father is waiting for your return. And I'm not just saying like your return to come to church. Your return to come to him. Because what great is it if we come and take our seat at the table, but we don't operate as the seated one. The father wants you to come to him. Him. You know what? We'll, we'll get into that later. later, later. Time, after speed. So, the Bible says from a long distance away, his father saw him coming, dressed as a beggar, and great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son, who was returning home. So the father raced out to meet him. He swept him up in his arms, hugged him. This guy probably smelled like the pig slop. He probably smelled like shame. He probably smelled like lust. He probably smelled like addiction. He probably smelled like failures. But the father didn't tell him to clean up first. The father hugged him, embraced him. This is how badly God wants you, wants you to return. He's waiting to embrace you. So do not remain in your place thinking that you have to change before you come. Come as you are. The father, look, 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 look. check it. It says, he swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly and kissed him over and over with tender love. But the son still didn't understand it. So he said, Father, I was wrong. I've sinned against you. I can never deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. The father interrupted and said, Son, you're home now. It's so crazy how we know this story to be the prodigal son. But not once did the father call him the prodigal son. The father called him a son. Which means that no matter what the enemy tries to attach to you, God still calls you a son. He still calls you a daughter. He don't call you the one who's depressed, my anxious child. He said, nah, that's my child. Like, I'm, I know you have a little bit of anxiety and depression, and I know like you're wilding out a bit, but you're still my son. You are still my daughter. And this is what this guy didn't seem to understand. So he said, um, I, I, could never be, I could never deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. The father interrupted and said, son, son, daughter, you're home now. Turned into his servants. The father said, quick, bring me the best robe my very own robe, and I will place it on his shoulders. In, in other words, let me clothe him with my identity. I needed to understand this guy probably still looked like trash. 
But the father says, I will not use your shame against you. I will not expose your shame. As a matter of fact, I'm a cover. That's the grace of God. He covers our shame. What else, what, what else did the father do? The father says, bring me the best robe, my very own robe, and I will place it on his shoulders. Now bring the ring, the seal of sonship. Now, this ring meant that this son now had the authority to operate as if he was the father. And that's the authority that, the, that's the authority that God has given every single one of his children to operate on earth as it is in heaven. This is the authority as a child of God that you can literally call things as though they're not as though they were. That you can literally move mountains with what you say. Imagine a church that knew their authority. The, sons, the, the father said to the son, to the, um, to the servants, bring me the son, the ring, and let me place it on his hand and I'll put it on his finger and bring out the best shoes you can find. Let's prepare a feast and celebrate. For this beloved son of mine was once dead, but now he's alive again. Once he was lost, but now he is found. And everyone celebrated with overflowing joy. So there was a celebration. And like I said, I feel like I need to stop here because like I said before, many times we celebrate the lost, but not those who have been consistent, not those who have been faithful, not those who have been serving. There was a feast there. And remember I said that the son had a brother. So here's where he comes into the story. Now the older son, everyone said the older son. Like there's, like there's so many stories in the word of God that can apply to your daily life. So I encourage everyone here to read the word of God. Like the Bible is fun and it's life changing. Like it's fun and life changing. So I encourage you to, to read the word of God. So now the older son was working out in the field. He was serving, being faithful. When his brother returned, when his brother re returned, and as he approached the house, he heard the music of celebration and dancing. So he called over one of the servants and asked, what's going on? The servant replied, it's your younger bro. He's returned home and your father is throwing a party to celebrate his homecoming. Now this was the son's first mistake. He didn't consult the father first. He didn't ask the father first what is happening. He spoke to a servant. And this is my next point. When you're being faithful, consult the father first. Do not speak to, 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 to people that don't really seem to get your faithfulness. Because if you're speaking to a servant, you would get a servant perspective. But if you're speaking to the father, you get the father's perspective. So this son goes to the servant and says, what's going on? Now, the Bible says that the servant replied, it's your younger bro, he's returned home and your father is throwing a party to celebrate his homecoming. But I don't know how he said it. The servant could have been like, bro, it's your brother. Like, you know the one that went to Wild Out? Like, you know the one that spent the peas on prostitutes? Like, you know, that's the one that they're celebrating. 
not you, that has been here. I'm telling you, bro, this Jesus thing don't even work, bruv. I'm telling you, just go wild out. There's grace anyways. Like, like you know how we use grace as a reason to remain in our situation. But the Bible says, says, says that that's not what grace is for. Grace don't only cover you, it sets you free from your sin. So this servant could have been twisting what actually happened to this son to make him feel like there's no fruitfulness to him being faithful. But if he would have gone to the father first and asked the father, like, father, why is this celebration happening? The father could have, could, have been, could, have been, could have been like, oh, son, like, you know, your bro, like the one who used to wait and expect for him to come, he's here. Like, your bro who I've always wanted him to be as faithful as you. Like, he's come, he's, he's come back home. Like, let's be happy. Things would have changed. And that's how many of us be in situations that we don't consult the father first. We ring up a friend. Like, friend, oh, like, I don't know, you know. Like, I feel like this won't happen for me. Like, I've been praying. I've been praying. Then your friend is like, you know what? I'm telling you, stop going to pray. Oh, like, go and do something with your life. But if you consult the father first, the father will be like, yo, I see you praying. But you don't know that I'm changing you first before I even give you what you prayed for. Like, when you consult the father first, in every situation, it changes the perspective. Because only the father can give you the proper perspective. This is what this son done. The son spoke to a servant first. So I'm just here to encourage you. Consult the father first. So the Bible said that the older son became angry and refused to go in and celebrate. So his father came out. Everyone say came out. And pleaded with him. Come and enjoy the feast with us. And I'm so thankful for the grace of God that it don't only pursue the lost, it pursues the found as well. The father didn't only come out when his lost son was returning. He came out when the one who was faithful had a problem. And this is my third point. The grace that saves is the same grace that sustains. The same grace that is after the lost is the same grace that will keep you when you are found. It's the same grace. The father don't stop chasing after you after you've given your life to Christ. As a matter of fact, that is when he wants to even have communion with you. Speak to you about your future. Daily, you know, have an intimate relationship with you. The same grace that saves is the same grace that sustains. The father didn't only come out to receive his lost child. The father came out to receive the one that had always been there as well. That's the grace of God. You can be lost, you can be found. You can be faithful, you can be faithless. You can be hopeful, you can be hopeless. The same grace is after you. Don't forget that. That the same grace that saved you is the same grace that will sustain you throughout your Christian walk. Then the son said, Father, listen, bro, listen well. How many years have I been working like a slave for you? How many years have I been faithful? How many years have I been performing every duty you've asked as a faithful son? I've never once disobeyed you. And you've never thrown a party for me because of my faithfulness. Never once have you given me a goat that I could feast on and celebrate with my friends like he's doing now. But look at this son of yours. 
He's come back after wasting your wealth on prostitutes and a reckless lifestyle. And here you are throwing a great feast to celebrate for him. Do, do, do you know what I love about these two sons? That both of them needed a revelation of grace. One thought he didn't deserve it. The other thought that he earned it. Both of them needed a revelation of what grace really is. The son who went away was like, I can never be worthy to be called your son. I don't deserve your grace. But this faithful son was like, you know what? I should have been, this should have been happening to me because I've been here. Grace, you don't deserve it, neither can you earn it. And it's so, it's so crazy how in the same story, God shows us a picture of his grace, that you don't deserve it, neither can you earn it. And look at the father's reply to all the son said. The father said, my son, you've always been with me. Everything I have is yours to enjoy. So while this son was complaining that he didn't even have a, like, father, like, why have you not thrown me a party? The father, the father is like, bro, you could have thrown yourself a party any single day that you liked. The, 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 the cow that I, I was even making, bro, that was yours to enjoy. You could have had a party. Throw your own party. Those of you that are serving faithfully, don't be waiting for someone else to say well done. The father has already given you a well done. The father has already approved of your faithfulness. But if we're not careful, we'll become like this son. He will now feel like we've now earned the grace of God. You know, and I really want to challenge you because although we've been faithful, although we're serving, many of us, like this young son, our faithfulness is not a result of devotion, but of duty. The things we do for Christ are not because we really love him. It's because we see it as a routine. Let's be honest. And I'm here to challenge every single person here today that get back to the place of devotion where his grace was, 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 was everything, but now you feel like you deserve it. This young guy thought that even though I've been working for you, it wasn't really out of devotion, duty. And this is what Christ is saying in the letter. Remember how Christ, we started this off by Christ speaking to the church of Ephesus and how he said that, well done, you've been faithful, all of that. Let's see what else Christ says. Revelation 2.4. And this is the meat of my sermon, to be honest. So Christ says that you've done well, you've been faithful, you've served me. But, everyone say but. I have this against you. You have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. You've abandoned the passionate love that you had for me when you first gave your life to Christ. And as I, and as I, I was preparing for this, this wrecks me because this is me. How many people here, by a show of hands, this is, this is a safe place, that you know that the love you had at the start ain't really the love you have now? I'll be the first to raise my hand. And I'm the one that's preaching. Okay, if there's no, if there's no one here like, like that, that's cool. Thank you for being honest. 
for me, I know that the passionate love, like there's things that when I gave my life to Christ, I was devoted to him. I would set aside a prayer time every single day, no matter if Love Island is on or, is, or it isn't on. That this is the time for me and God. But now we've become comfortable that we no longer do things out of devotion anymore, but duty. And this is what happened. So, obviously, I had a crush, yeah? Shout out the man them that have a crush. If she's in the church right now, don't worry. Keep praying that God shows her. So, um, Dre, pass my phone, please. Yeah. So I had, I had a crush who I liked, yeah? You know, and we, and like we went out on a few dates and that, and we used to FaceTime, yeah? But there's this spot in my house where I have some lamp that's next to the Wi-Fi. You know, that the lamp can just, you know, the lighting. So every single day that we would talk on the phone, face, face, FaceTime, I would be near to the signal because I didn't want it to cut. Yeah, bruv. Oh, come on. I'm not the only one, bruv. Everyone has done that before. So I'll be near to the signal. You know, we're talking, FaceTiming, because I'm giving her my best. Because I was passionate at the start. I wanted to show her how much I really liked her. So cool. Then I got too comfortable. I like it's been two weeks, like it's calm, in it? Like I've secured the bag. So what did I begin to, to do? Go to a place that is more comfortable for me to speak to her. So as I'm going away here, yeah, I forgot that the signal's there. So I'm walking and the phone just cuts. And guess what it says on the phone? It said, reconnecting. And that's where many of us are in our life right now. That we've left a place where there's signal. We stopped doing the things we've done when we first came to Christ. And now we've left that place. And now we're stuck on recon reconnecting. Not because there's no signal. Not because you don't want to speak to you but because you feel like I, I can do this more comfortable. You know, like I know, the, I know the Bible said that we shouldn't have sex before we're married, but maybe if I know that's my wife, maybe I can have sex with them. But what does it mean to crucify your flesh? Maybe, maybe I can love the ones that love me, but my enemies, my mama told me that if I slap them, I, I, I should slap them back. We try to live this Christian life on a comfortable level, but not knowing that the more we leave, the more we go to what is comfortable, we leave the signal. And it leaves us on reconnecting. And I'm here to, I'm here to challenge every single person here. This is the title of my sermon, to reconnect. Reconnect back to your first love. Reconnect back to where there is signal. Reconnect to the love that you had for him at the beginning reconnect he's waiting for you to reconnect that love that you see see look what it says in matthew matthew 22 verses 37 jesus answered him 
Love the Lord your God with every, everyone say every, every passion of your heart with all, everyone say all, all the energy of your being and with every thought that is within you. This is how we're supposed to love God. And this is how we loved him at the beginning of our relationships. But many of us get, get too comfortable that we stop doing the things that gave us the intimacy. But the father is saying that you think I wanted you to just give your life to me and just stop there? No. As a matter of fact, that's not where you end. That's where you start. And if you're not careful, you can use this faithfulness and it will just turn into a routine. There's days where me, I've come to church only because if I don't come to church, somebody will ring my phone and be like, why didn't you come to church? Can I, I'm going to be 100% honest. But has it now turned into a routine that I only come into the presence of God because I'm afraid that somebody would ring me and say, why, 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 why weren't you in church? Or because I used to, I, I, I love being among believers. I love giving God a day in my week and worshipping him. This is heart check for all of us here. This is heart surgery. Because I can't just keep screaming, there's a seat for you at the table. But then you take your seat and then that's it. Brother, we eat here. And we eat on the word of God. We're here to bring about transformation. You can't remain the same. And this is heart check. And this is what the word of God does. It pierces through the hearts of man. Exposing motives. So I want you to check yourself. And ask yourself the places that, that, that you know that the passionate love you had for God at the beginning that has now become a matter of duty, not devotion. So I want you to reconnect to the place of love. I also want you to reconnect to the place of faith. There's many of us say at the beginning, we, we used to take God for his word. But now we've grown too much that we reason it out. And I can't really expand on this because of time. But get back to that place of rest. Childlike faith. Where whatever the word of God said, whatever he's told you, you take it face value. See, the greatest evidence of faith in your life is rest. Rest is not being lazy. But rest, resting is a posture in your hearts that you, know, that you know that the one who is faithful would perform it. See, see what it says in Matthew 5, no, Matthew 6, 25. And I pray this speaks to you today. Jesus says, this is why I tell you to never be worried about your life for all that you need will be provided such as food, water, clothing, everything your body needs isn't there more to life than a meal isn't your body more than just clothes look at all the birds in the sky do you think they worry about their existence they don't plant neither do they reap neither do they store up food yes your heavenly father provides for them each with food aren't you much more valuable to the father than they so which one of you by worrying could add anything to your life and why would you worry about your clothing? Look at all the beautiful flowers of the field. They don't work, nor toil. And yet not even Solomon in all his splendor was robbed in beauty more than one of these. So if God has clothed the meadow with hay 
which is here for such a short time and then dried up and burned, won't he provide for you the clothes you need? Why are you of little faith? The father cares for you. He got you. All this is trying to say that why worry? The birds, they don't plant. Neither do they sow. You have never seen an anxious bird. Who here has seen an, a bird on the root, on the nest? That's, Tally, how, how am I going to eat today, bro? Like, bro, like, what I going for my life? Like, you don't see that. But the Bible is saying that aren't we much more valuable than them? But the thing that a bird have that we don't is rest. They're not worried about the next. They know that the next will somehow be provided. Whether they fly from tree to tree, whether they fly from... They're not thinking about where next is coming from. Imagine us, the one who can operate like the Father. We're so consumed with our worry. Father, Lord, I'm 25 years old and I'm still in this situation. Like, the Father, like, don't, don't you know that I have a plan for you? Reconnect to the place of faith. And the last point, reconnect to your secret place. The place where your source comes from. Aji. So, this is, what, this is what has happened here. So, this is a secret place. This is where me and God, we talk. God, how are you doing today? Right, yeah? Yeah, yeah. You, I'm you good. I'm good. got a plan for me, yeah? What, what are you saying concerning my future? Right, 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 right. Oh, God, God. This is how we were at the start of our relationship with God. But due to our... We thought that this is not enough. So, you know, we'll be like, you know what, God, you know, I'm going to be back. Let, let me go and explore the world. I'll come back to you. Joe, you come. Kaylin, come. Um, Julius, come. So now I've left the secret place. Where God is my source. And now I've made friends with lust, with doubt, comparison. And I bring them back into my secret place. So, Father, come around, come around the secret place. Uh, what, what are you saying about my relationship? It's supposed to be me and you, it? But lust. But doubt. Like, Father, I know you like to speak to me right, right now, but Love Island's on, so you know what? <laughs> We've allowed things to creep into our secret place. And we wonder why we can't hear God. It's not because he's not speaking. But there's many voices contending for our attention. And I'm here to encourage every single person here today. Reconnect to your secret place. Where is only you and God and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'll ban the spirit of lust. I'll ban the spirit of comparison. I'll ban the spirit of, what was he? Comparison. comparison. And I declare and I decree that I would hear God's voice with so much clarity. So the next time I speak to God, Father, what, what are you saying today? I shouldn't worry about anything about what I should eat. I shouldn't worry about that. Nah. I shouldn't. No. Okay, cool. I've heard you, God. 
This is the relation that God wants with every single person here. Where we speak to God as if he's literally right there. That's the secret place. But for many of us, we've allowed other things to creep into the, the, the place which God is supposed to be at. So you're wondering why you can't hear God. Clear out the room. And get signal again. And reconnect to the secret place. Thank you, guys. Thank you all. So, 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 I say all this to say this, my last point. Jesus ends the letter by saying this. Revelation 2.5. It says, yo, think about how far you fell. Repent. Everyone say repent. To repent don't just mean to change your, change your mind. It means to take another mind. If any man be in Christ, he's a what? That means your mind's new. You can't be doing the things you used to do. And the Father's calling every single person here back to the place where we first met him. Reconnect. Return. Reconnect. Repent. Find me, let's stand to our feet. And as, and, as, and as much as this word may, may have been hard to hear, it's a thing that will change you. So in this moment, I want you to think, you know, you know, the areas that you know that, Father, I've, I've, I've become so comfortable in my relationship with you that I no, longer do, I no longer actively do the things to keep our intimacy. That I've allowed other things to enter into my secret place. But Father, you're calling me today to reconnect back to the power source. To reconnect back to you. For the next minute, this is going to be the most realest conversation that you've ever had. Because if this year is going to be your year, it first starts with you changing. Begin to be honest with him. It's time to reconnect. Remember your first love. Remember the love you passionately had for Christ when you first met him. He's calling us back into that place of devotion, of intimacy. of love, time, attention, and affection. It's time to reconnect. The signal is there. But maybe we've left the place where the signal is. It's time to reconnect. Father, I thank you for a time like this. Father, I preach this word in the best way that I know how to. And Father, I pray that your words would resonate with somebody so much, bringing about transformation. Father, we thank you, Lord, that, Father, you spoke. And I thank, Lord, that it's not me that the increase comes from. I can only plant the seeds. 
Some people also want water, but Father, I'm thanking you that increase will come from you. But Father, this word that has been dropped into every single person's heart, that you would water it, bring about the changes you would like to see in every single person. I thank you, Father, Lord, that today is a new day, that we won't only take our seat at the table, but we would operate as the seated one, seated with you in heavenly places. Thank you, Father, that today has been heart surgery. But with surgery comes healing. So I thank you for healing our hearts, healing our minds, and doing something new in this place today. We thank you for moving. We thank you for speaking. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And the church said...